Hi, I'm Josh. And I'm Nick. And this is the One Word Podcast. What's going on, One Word people? Welcome to season three finale. We are wrapping up season three on leadership by talking about servant leadership. And we got a special guest today joining us, Josh. Who would that be? Oh, we are stoked, Nick, because this is one of our best friends in the world. He goes by Goose, but we're calling him Andrew Gottfried. So pumped to have this dude on, man. And he's a true servant leader, so it's going to be awesome. And we are so excited because we've been wanting to have Goose on here for a minute now. And he is just the man to talk about servant leadership and a whole bunch of other stuff. So without further ado, let's get this season finale underway. Here we go. All right. Goose, welcome to the One Word Podcast, man. I guess we should probably call you Andrew, but I'm not ever going to stop calling you Goose. So thanks for being here today. Yeah. Hey, my pleasure. I guess y'all ran out of guests that you could have on the podcast. So it came down to the final straw, but the blessing being on here, I've really been just encouraged by the One Word Podcast, the One Word brand overall since its inception. So thankful for your leadership, Josh and Nick. So can't wait to have an awesome discussion this morning and hopefully bless a few individuals. Goose, that's really why we asked you on here, because we knew that you're just going to be our ambassador the whole time. Just hype up Josh and I. That's what we want. Yeah, well, <laughs> the pay is pretty good, so I can't say no. <laughs> Savage. Oh, man. Um, well, Goose, I mean, I feel like if we rattled off all your accolades of why you're qualified to be on the One Word podcast, we'd be here for until next season. But I think the biggest one, the most relevant and the most recent is that you are the mountaintop North Carolina pickleball champion as of this weekend. I mean, that's legendary stuff. That's that's by far the biggest one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I appreciate it, man. My cousin really led the charge. Shout out Chuck. Uh, but, you know, the 56 year old couple that we beat in the finals was really pressing. But, I mean, we just pulled through. We had a ton of heart, and we couldn't say no. So the Carolina Smokehouse was a great victory meal afterwards. Well worth the wait. If you don't know about the Smokehouse, that is one of the best places to eat. Come on, Goose. That's so good. Preach. Preach. I've never been there, but it sounds sounds legendary. I'm sure if it has anything to do with smoking meat, then Goose, you're in. Um, also, there's a restaurant in Indy, like a – minute away from my house called the smoking goose and they make smoked meats just thought of that um all right anyways on to what we're actually talking about servant leadership uh goose we've asked you to come on and join this conversation about servant leadership but there's also a real life and actually a really legit example of servant leadership in your own life that we're going to get to a little bit later but in doing some research about servant leadership I found that this is how Wikipedia defines servant leadership. Servant leadership is a leadership philosophy in which the goal of the leader is to serve. Pretty self-explanatory there. This is different from traditional leadership where the leader's main focus is the thriving of their company or organization. Um, so this is just, I guess, how we're setting it up. We're talking about servant leadership. And this definition obviously comes from a more corporate or professional world. Uh, but we want to also bridge the gap between servant leadership 
in that setting because most of our listeners and all of us are in that setting to some degree, but we also want to apply it personally. Like how can you lead others personally by serving them or as a servant? So Goose or Josh, when I say servant leadership, what are some thoughts that come to your mind right off the bat? Immediately, I go to teamwork. I mean, all Hmm. three of us grew up playing sports and understand the value that you're only as good as your weakest link on the team. So if that uh, worst player on the team isn't up to par, I mean, the the team's going to suffer. So to me, it's really important to make sure all cogs are going in the same direction and everyone is, is having the same opportunities here to excel and exceed. Uh, look for weak links and opportunities to really grow those pieces. Yeah. Teamwork is a great, uh, I think, example of servant leadership and one that is relatable to so many people. Yeah, absolutely. And I think of the old movie Snow Dogs. Shout out old fashioned <laughs> Cuba Gooding Jr. If you haven't seen the movie, you need to. But the difference between managing and leading, kind of going off a tangent here, but you know, being a manager is going to be the dude in the back of the snow dog sled yelling at the dogs, getting them to go faster. Whereas a true servant leader is going to be that alpha dog in front, just absolutely tearing it up and leading the pack. So getting the hands dirty, getting in on the work and just grinding with the team instead of just telling the team, hey, this is what we're going to do. That's good, dude. That's honestly a really good example. Not that I have any like hands-on experience with uh, mushing or racing dogs, but that definitely gets me uh, fired up. Puts it into a good perspective too. Um, so how about this quote on servant, or on, le- I guess, leadership from John Quincy Adams before servant leadership as it's titled was ever a thing. He said, if your actions inspire people to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, you are a leader. Woo. Uh, Goose or Josh, do you guys have an example of someone in your own life, whether currently or in the past, that have inspired you to dream more, learn more, do more, or become more? So I hate to uh, put you on the spot, but I think of Josh and just the way he is always pushing others to be better and encouraging. That's one thing when I think about Josh and think about his character is the desire for others to grow and it's not a selfish desire that they might grow to benefit him. It's truly an altruistic outgoing want for individuals to, to improve and get better. The, the crazy thing is, and this obviously wasn't planned. Listeners are probably like, Oh man, nice, nice question, Josh. Um, but I think the crazy thing is I was going to say you as well, Goose, and I think that's kind of both why we paused for so long. Um, I think a lot of times questions like this, we try to, we think of like famous people or very inspiring people or, you know, people that have a lot of accolades or success or renown or recognition or a very real talent of like speaking or inspiring people, you know, but I think right. the reality is like, we've, we've been in the trenches together. Uh, you're inspiring me right now, man, getting those pushups in. And, uh, and I just think like walking with you in the trenches, you truly desiring, man, I want to see Josh get to this level. And obviously you're at a level further along than me in most categories. If you categorize life, you know, academically, you know, uh, spiritually, you know, 
physically. Um, you were just, and you pushed me and you brought me along and it wasn't like a competition. It wasn't like, Hey, I want you to be better for my sake. It was like, I genuinely want you to be better. So I think it's mutual, man. Iron sharpens iron. I appreciate that. And then there's just Nick. Just the man in the middle along for the ride. <laughs> Dude. I you frame that relationship as teammates as well too. High school baseball teammates. No, it's yeah, fine. I get it. I true. get it. It's cute. No, Nick. Um, no, but that is, I mean, that's honestly true. Like how many times are the most impactful people in your life, your closest friends? And I think that's the way that it should be. Um, friends that encourage each other, challenge each other, uh, friends that are there for each other. I think that is an incredible example of servant leadership. Here is how Forbes.com defines servant leadership. When the leader's main goal and responsibility is to provide service to their people, their main focus, here's the key, is on the people that are directly below them and ensures they're growing in their profession, knowledge, autonomy, and health, and physically even. So their their leadership in such a, a strictly corporate setting goes far beyond just their job. And I think in our personal lives, even more so. Like our, our friendships, we're not really concerned with getting each other to the next level in our jobs, right? That's what our manager's job is for. But in our friendships, we're concerned with how are we, I don't even want to say just necessarily improving ourselves, but how are we like growing? How are we becoming who, more of who God's created us to be? And how are we taking on the things that life is giving us one step at a time? Um, and so, yeah, I think your guys' example of having each other as servant leaders is right on cue with, with what we're talking about. Um, it- and Nick, if I, I don't want to interrupt you, but if I may jump in, I think a good question that goes with this, I, I know, Goose, you talked about managers versus leaders. I think a good question for us in friendships, too, is do we care more about the person or the relationship? Because when we care more about the person, then that like shows us we're going out this we're going at this relationship with the right heart, with the right intentions. But if we care more about the relationship, we might sacrifice on things like honesty or, you know, that kind of stuff where it's actually not as beneficial to the person as it should be. So that's, that's kind of been hitting me lately. Like I want to always value the person over the relationship and be willing to care more for that person, serve that person, be honest with that person and have that be mutual and receive honest feedback from them rather than, ah, like it's not worth it. You know, it's not worth having that conversation or it's not worth going to that depth because I might lose the relationship. That's one thing that's hit me in the heart lately. And that's what I appreciate about you fellas is you guys are willing to go there. Dang. Yeah, that's good. That's a great point. Definitely more person centric than just relationship centric. That's key. Um, but I think uh, an example among us of servant leadership is Goose. Goose, you have recently just packed up and moved to a completely new state, a new area, a new city. Um, because you're working remotely and you have done this out of a servant's heart, honestly. So we want to know from you, how have you kind of embraced servant leadership in your own life as you have moved across the country to help plant a church? So because of COVID, our CEO actually sent us home for two weeks and told us to work remotely. So I said, hey, I'll go surprise my parents down in South Florida. And two weeks shortly turned into 13 months. So I'm sitting in my childhood bedroom saying, all right, I love my parents, but a 24-year-old is not supposed to live at home forever. And I was 
contemplating where I wanted to make my next move. Being fully remote with my work, I could really be anywhere on the East Coast. So I was looking for the right place to be. And as many of you know, Josh and Nick challenge all their friends to choose a word for the year on January 1st. So my word for this year was commit. Just as Nick has said way too many times, all gas, no brakes. Just go for it. And I'm I'm the kind of guy, you know, I've done a ton of half projects. You walk around my room. I mean, there's just unfinished stuff here and there. And I I've always had a problem just finishing a task that I start. So in reading Psalm 37, 5, it says, commit your way to the Lord, trust in him also. And so that's really the verse that stuck out to me at the beginning of January. So I'm thinking to myself, you know, January first few days, what, what does this actually look like tangibly? Because I'm sure a lot of you feel the same way is we can read something get fired up, you know, get all these cross quotes from different Bible verses and references, and then look back and say, okay, how can this tangibly be seen in my life? What can I do about this in a real way? And I get stuck there a lot. So come January 12th, January 13th, I heard about this church that was planting in Roanoke, Virginia. And before this point, I had been in Roanoke for, I think, four hours in my entire life and don't really have any knowledge about the city, nothing. But I got this this feeling that I needed to be in Roanoke. This is a church that planted out of the church I went to in college. Shout out Mercy Hill, unbelievable church. And so the more I started thinking about it, the more I started praying about it, I said, God, show me a reason not to be in Roanoke. If, if it's your will for me not to be there, put something in my life. And that just never came. So two months later, got a U-Haul. I was blessed to have my mom drive up the uh, U-Haul with me to Roanoke, Virginia. And I have been in Roanoke with Redemption Church ever since the end of March. Absolutely loving it and seeing God truly bless people and grow his kingdom through Redemption Church in the first two and a half months of its existence. Dude, that is an amazing example. And I think that hits servant, le- servant leadership on such a big scale of like you're, you're choosing to serve people that you don't even know for a cause for the gospel, right? That you of all people would be willing to just lay your life on the line for. And so I think you are just living an incredible example of what it means to be a servant leader by choosing to make that move and just willing to say like, Hey, I'm here to serve despite what I maybe want or am comfortable with, even though moving to Roanoke was something that you were really, really pumped about. Um, uh, yeah, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not like it was a one day decision. I remember in college, they would often challenge us to join a church plant and just truly commit there and then say, hey, I'll give X amount of time, go to this city and help this church get off the ground and flourish for God's good. But I, I told myself continually, you know, work comes first. 
I'll find a good church wherever I am geographically based on where my work takes me. And then with this, I can work from anywhere. All I need is a good Wi-Fi connection, which sadly Roanoke needs to improve its Wi-Fi, but that's another story. We'll get on that later. But it wasn't a one-day turnaround for me. I mean, this is something that God's pressing on my heart for a while. So anyone listening that says, you know, oh, I can never do this. Just think about it one day and move the next. I mean, this is years in the, the making. Yeah, that's a good distinction to make for sure. Goose, what happened to uh, Chattanooga? I thought that's where you were you were supposed to be. Yeah, Chattanooga didn't work out. My roommate flaked on me. They decided to go back to Indiana because Indiana is so much cooler than the mountains. Oof. That's a big oof on your roommate, whoever that guy is. Oh, man. Hey, uh, wrapping up, Josh or Goose, any last servant leadership um, advice, words of wisdom that you want to leave our listeners with? Yeah, the one thing I've found in my life is there's always an opportunity to lead and always an opportunity to serve. No matter who you are, what situation you're in, there are people that look to you for leadership. And you might not see it, you might not believe it, but there are people that really value your leadership and want advice from you, are looking at your life and saying, hey, how is this person living differently? So I just want to challenge everyone to stay on their guard and lead well in all circumstances. Just like Paul, we're never promised an easy life. All we are promised is God will be with us every step of the way. And that is a wrap on the One Word Podcast Season 3. We are so grateful that Goose jumped on to talk today about servant leadership, talking about servant leadership in his own life um, and moving across the country to help plant a church. Incredible stuff this, that this guy's got going on. Yeah, we are so grateful that Andrew Gottfried, better known as Goose to us, jumped on here today. And I loved his challenge at the end that there's always one way that we can lead or serve. This has been an awesome season. We're so grateful for you to jumping on and following these eight episodes of Lead for Season 3. Nick, it's been a pleasure. It's been a blast, man. Until next time, have a good one. Goose, you're a legend in the kitchen. You cook it up, mm. you sauce it up. Tell us a little bit, man. What's your favorite meal that you make? Favorite meal. It's got to be pulled pork. You got the cornbread, right? And then, believe it or not, collard greens. If you put enough uh, ham hock in there and cook them long enough with a little vinegar, collard greens are nice. And I will say either baked beans or mac and cheese go really, really well with that. So if you're ever in Roanoke and want a good pulled pork sandwich, come on over to the apartment. Not going to give you the address. You're going to need to commit to Roanoke first, but more than happy to cook it up. Goose, fastest pitch you've ever thrown? Uh, 93 miles an hour on a broken radar gun. Love it. Love it. Is that good? One question from each of us? Oh, here's one more. Here's one more. Goose, best book you've ever read? Oh, you're going to give me that on a rapid fire question. Oh, man. I think either David Platt's Follow Me, uh, Radical, or The Cure. Forgot who the author is on The Cure, but that's an unbelievable book for a new Christian, old Christian, 
someone who doesn't believe in faith at all, unbelievable book called The Cure. 